Welcome to the Kincast from Kinherit. We examine everyday challenges from running a business, self-development, and getting on the property ladder to dealing with loss, having a family, and preparing for our end of life. Practical and insightful, the Kincast series will take you through life's challenges from cradle to grave. It addresses the current climate while also looking to the future to see how we can survive and thrive. Hi and welcome. My name is Ben Mason. I'm the CEO of Kinherit and this is the Kincast. This week we've been looking at businesses and really how we can help run businesses better, decisions we can make. And I'm joined today by two superb um, I, I, people use the word coach, I think it gets thrown around too easily, but actually for me, these two guys are, are insightful and have the ability to communicate to business owners uh, around what they should be looking at and thinking about. So we had Phil Lewis at the start of the week, we're finishing the week with Mark Terrell and Gary Keating. Um, Mark is an expert in business motivations, understanding the, the why behind the business and the motivation for people. And then we've got Gary, who for me, I've, I've worked with Gary. I know a few people have worked with Gary. He is without doubt one of the best um, how and whens, getting you to understand what to do, when to do it, and really getting you to clear a bit of the crap out of your own way, because a lot of people can be guilty of that. So a quick introduction for Mark, and then we'll go on to Gary. So Mark, he's been on his own for six years, but run a business, which is what I like to see from people who are in the business coaching world. Um, he ran a business and in that business he had a grocery business for 30 years family retail so brilliant that's that's the background you need when you're talking about these things now gary keating your cv as i said sadly i committed to memory when we met four years ago so gary um well when he was 17 16 17 was into music set up a music store at the back of a van sold some music instruments then bought a shop made his millions, lost his millions, then got into financial services, made, made the money again, and he's got a financial services business in the Far East. He's also got um, a big, big coaching business in England. So we're joined by two people who've actually walked the walk and talked the talk. So Mark, I'm going to throw to you. Let's have 90 seconds on Mark Terrell and what you do. Thank you, Ben. Um, so um, I now run what I call my business is the Reluctant Leader Academy which is based on helping business owners where they get to a point in their business where they no longer need to be the technical expert. They need to be a people expert to get the best from their team. Um, I do that because that was the biggest lesson I learned from my business. Uh, my retail business, as you mentioned, 30 years, 45 odd staff, three and a half million pound a year turnover, all those sorts of things. It was very, very busy, but I didn't pay enough attention to the fact that, you know, if I, if I got more out of my team, then it would have freed up my time, stopped me firefighting, and ultimately allowed the business to grow. And I think um, the lack of leadership skills is one of the key elements to which stops businesses growing. And uh, you mentioned about motivation. Motivation is key, especially with leadership. In, in, first of all, you need to know as a leader, leader what motivates you and make sure those things are in your role. And then secondly, if you're leading a team, you need to know what motivates that team. So to get the best out of them, you've got to reward them in the way that they want to be rewarded. Brilliant. Perfectly put. We'll end it now. No, we won't. Um, Gary, so I gave, you the, I gave you the big sell. Come on, tell us, tell us about you and, and uh, give sort of two minutes on how, how you've got to where you are. 
Okay, thanks, Ben. Um, hi, guys. Uh, so, so I basically, uh, have, uh, as Ben said, you know, I've, I've never had a job. Um, left home when I was fifteen and uh, built up uh, music business of of, of music uh, retail shops. Sold those. I didn't sell those. Um, we built those up and won um, UK Business uh, Person of the Year. Um, made a lot of money and within two years uh, lost it um, and at the time i would have told you there was lots of reasons why but the you know, blame uh panasonic yamaha retail um uh, the the landlords rents hmrc barclays bank anything but the truth was i didn't know how to run a business so i did what every broke musician does which is a sell a life assurance uh and uh, and decided to go to financial services bought a company in bristol for a pound um, and build that up, sold it, then moved to Hong Kong. Came back seven years ago, retired, and I, I you know, I retired, but we, our business is still running Hong Kong, but they they, they work without me, uh, and the company is here, and didn't know what to do, and so basically, somebody, you know, said, become, why don't you become a consultant or a coach? And I said, I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to become the Gary Keating School of Business, because what worked for me 10 years ago might not work for me today or for you as business I would coach or five ten years so I looked at action coach which is uh, we invented business coaching 26 years ago and it blew me away because I knew as a lifetime businessman I could see a, a system we don't do like page 22 page 23 but I could see a Swiss army pen knife a structure that I know and knew would actually you know help develop uh, businesses now at the time five years ago it was about developing uh, and growing businesses, but never more than over the last few months has it been also about you know making sure people making sure that people pivot and, and survive and thrive um, through this period. So yeah, so that's me. Uh, we now have the territory for Action Coach Bristol. So we we initially bought the franchise, and uh, our 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 sort of vision is 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 you know uh, world abundance through business re-education, and that's what we're about. Well, thank you both. Um, hopefully that gives um, the people listening a chance to understand a little bit about the two of you. So um, I'm going to divide the call up a little bit. Um, we're very lucky that we've got two experts in two different areas, but of course you both understand about the motivation and the why, and you both understand about the, the how, the when, and maybe this pivot piece we'll talk about. So I'll let Mark take the lead on the motivation, but also Gary, I am going to ask you to contribute on that, and then we'll come on to the the how and the when and the pivoting piece and Gary you'll take the lead on that and Mark you'll also join in so what I want us to look at is and try and understand is how we can understand what a business owner wants what a business owner needs and maybe the why behind it so with that motivation that question in mind Mark how do you help people understand the motivational piece, both for themselves, and then in a minute we'll move on to the team? Uh, great question. Um, and I, I did a blog not long ago with actually explaining why I'm not a business coach. Um, and, and the reason being that, okay, I can do it. And, and you've mentioned about, it's not about be able to do something. It's actually whether you want to do it mm -hmm. and whether you actually really want to get out of bed to do that thing. So the thing that I've got um, a, a drive to do is that leadership work. So understanding what drives you is actually the, the pivotal thing which will um, allow your business to grow and you to be fulfilled by it. Um, it's so easy to be taken down a, a route 
that maybe somebody else has suggested because they see it as you know the the logical thing to do um and i i go back to when i i set myself up as a family business coach now you'd think that was the perfect thing for me wouldn't you 30 years in the family business i can do it yeah, yeah absolutely i can do it but it's not about actually just about whether you can do something it's what you, you whether you want to do it and if you want to do it you will know that you can you'll get out of bed to do it even if you're not getting paid to do it and that's the thing mm. so people would argue what you said is really simplistic there's obviously more nuances to it so mm -hmm. for example there will be people that enjoy it and were suggested and they've got themselves into a bit of a rut in it how do you deal with the people that kind of love what they do but kind of don't love the business or they love the business they don't like some of the tasks how do you deal with that well i, I didn't mention it but obviously the um, tools and um, diagnostics are very uh, useful in this respect in that we can identify you know how people want to do things and in what i do with motivation i use a product called motivational maps which identifies what really drives them um, and in, in a lot of instances, it's, it's quite a revelation for them because they suddenly realize, ah, yeah, that is, that is right, firstly. And they generally get some sort of surprise out of that, that they thought it was one thing um, which was maybe ma mainly driving them. But then there was underlying other things that were really important to them that um, they weren't really paying enough attention to. So it, it is, you know, motivation is, is, is a bit of a misnomer in that, People get it mixed up with, uh, I believe, with um, inspiration because we have things like motivational speakers. Let's face it, you know, people set themselves up as motivational speakers, which in that it seems to lead to the thought that we get motivation from some from somebody else, from outside source. But when we actually think about it, everything that motivates us is within us. Uh, we can't make someone motivated by money. We can't make someone motivated to make a difference. It's just something that's in you and that's built up in you. So once you know that the thing that drives you is to make a difference or to make money or for freedom or to be creative, once you know those things, you can then start making better decisions for your business and ultimately for yourself to allow both those to grow. So your personal uh, growth and also your, to allow your business to grow. So um, being able to identify is really important and that's where the diagnostics come in. What about, what about people that just don't have much motivation? You, you, do, you do get them and at times it can be on various things. I know people, that, for example, I've got a friend I play golf. I've got a friend I play golf with. He loves, says he loves golf. He's always late. He's never on the range. He never practices. He spends the first seven holes moaning that things are going wrong. Mm. He won't listen to this, by the way. So there's no. He's not. He's not. He's not worried about being outed on this. Um, okay. So what about people that, that like the thing they're doing, but just lazy might be the wrong word. They just got no get up and go. How do you weigh up motivation versus get up and go? Um, well, it's again, looking back to what the core drive is, what is it that actually drives you to, to go and play golf? Now, there be, there is many reasons why you might want to go and play golf. It might be because you want to become an expert at it. So you want to be a specialist and say, I'm really good at golf. That's what drives you. You're there all the time practicing and want to be good. 
it might be the social side to you there's connections where you meet people and you get that's what you get from golf not necessarily actually playing the golf it's actually the um, social side and the belonging side so you know there's very many um, uh, you know, reasons why people would take action around it but it, the, yeah. the important thing is to act actually connect it to you know that ultimate goal that um, you say your friend isn't motivated but i guarantee he's motivated by something yes, and he just has, he's just not aware yeah understanding is it is it the actual physical swinging of the club that motivates him probably not if he's always late and never warms up is it the being outside that motivates him potentially is it the is it the camaraderie in the company? Probably. So it's understanding, you're right, it's understanding in there. What is it that, so for anyone that's listening and who, who might find themselves not always on time, whatever, just trying to understand what is it that motivates you exactly, not just, yeah. not just golf as a thing, it's the different elements in there. The, the, the other thing could be just this social esteem of saying, I play golf. That's a thing. People say they play golf just for the social esteem. Uh, and that goes on all the time. Uh, and, you know, it's not about the game as such. It's just being able to say that you are involved with golf and it gives you that certain, you know, um, esteem with others, uh, you know, and that is linked to that uh, motivation of um, um, what we call the star motivation within motivational maps because we, we bring in a language. And it's actually being um, shining above others, being promoting yourself and having that um, social esteem uh, is, is, a, is, a strong, is a strong driver and actually it's quite uh, weak in a lot of people in business because actually ultimately it's the drive to promote yourself and if you haven't got that then it can also uh, it could hold you back okay well look, I, I, it's another thing i've never even thought of so i've definitely learned something gary before we move on with mark about the team motivation and working with team members yeah. i know you talk a lot about the the why and, and you sometimes get people to break down financial goals as well as sort of life goals. Do you want to tell me a bit about what you think about motivation with some of the business owners you work with? Yeah, I, th I think uh, that's, that's a great question. I think that the, the, the reality with motivation is that sometimes people are waiting for it to come through the front door. Um, and it never does. It's a really strange thing, but it <laughs> open up the front door as much as you want and it won't be there. And, that, and in the, you know, I think in the same breath with that is in, in the same way it won't come through the front door. We can't always explain why it appears to leave us. You know, the opposite of motivation is, I guess, demotivation or just being uh, benign. Um, however, uh, business being a logical beast. So even though we may do business based on emotion and logic, you know, people will do business with us 80% based on emotion. The reality is that actually the numbers don't lie. You know, it is a logical thing. If you look at a set of accounts, if you look at your bank account, if you look at the, you know, the, the, the customer satisfaction rating, um, to a large extent, everything about business is logical. And therefore, in order for it to be logical, We've got to sometimes get out of our own way. And if we're not feeling motivated to do something, and I'm talking, you know, not just really around business, but just for a second around business, if we're not motivated to do something, the business doesn't care. The reality is the business, the language of business is logic. So that the, if we're like, I don't want to do it, the business numbers will, the fact will be the fact. So we've got to, you know, um, I don't know about fake it till we make it, but the reality is you can feel great, you can feel bad, but the logic is all what the business is about. That, that so I think it till you make it really bothers me because because I think what Mark talks about about what is the actual motivator and you're talking about motivation walking through the door, fake it till you make it just 
me, I don't, maybe it's just the worst thing about our society now. Yeah. Just, what are you doing? You'll always get found out. You know, you'll yeah. always get found out by that. And and I think that, you know, therefore, the the, the most important thing is that, that, that from a, from a, from any point of view, but from a business point of view, even maybe from a golfing point of view, if you took it from a different, uh, you know, from a competitive level or, 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 a hand, or a handicap level, but from a business perspective, you've got to have a why. And if your why is defined and if it's strong enough, so in five years time, where will the business be? If the why is strong enough, um, we'll endure any amount of how. And if you can drive that why, even if you feel demotivated. Let me just, let me just write that down. I like, I like that. Let's, let's, say, let's say that again. Let's make a note of it. So, so where, 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 where there's that. a strong enough why, we will endure any amount of how. So, Come on, Mark, Mark you've, got, you've got to get, that's a good one. So you need, so, to, be, you need to have a good one as well. Hold on. So, so, so in order to define that how, it would be really nice if on the way I didn't feel like if I wasn't demotivated. So how, if my why, my why won't change, I'm going to do it, right? You say in business or whatever, I'm going to achieve it. So now you've got to say, right, I'll endure any amount of nightmare or demotivation I have to, to achieve that end um, why or goal or whatever. But why is better. So how do we get motivated? It, you know, Andy Grove says in High Output Management, which is one of my favorite books, Andy Grove is the Intel guy. Um, and also Mahali says in, in, in the, you know, the true, if you want, definition of happiness, it's when we are matching our skills with our activity. And what Andy Grove says is if people don't improve their skills, you don't, don't wish your life were easier, wish you were better, Jim Rohn says. If we improve our skills, if we get into our skills and, we imp and that will increase our activity, we will be in flow. And that bit about flow is when actually true motivation happens because it's coming from within. And, well, and so, they, so improving skills and training combined with actually getting out and doing it will put you in flow. And that is what Andy Gross describes um, as, as, as that high motivation. You know, motivation for me is an output. It's an answer. It's the input I got to focus on because the motivation will come. I can't wait for it to just come. It's like money it won't just come. It's the input that creates the output. So we'll, we'll come on to input in a minute. And I, I think that what we've done there is we've beautifully covered between the two of you. It's almost like I know what I'm doing. Um, business owners and, and, and yeah, <laughs> and understanding that the, the, some of the motivations behind that as business owners. Now, Mark, I'll just get you to touch on now that the, the lead so be honest I've, I've led teams in different jobs I've had pre going on my own been on my own now for nearly four and a half years um, got a team of uh, 12 at the moment two new hires starting in July that's being new to me um, and I desperately try to avoid being David Brent because I think that is where we all tend to go by nature so tell me What's the, how do you work around the team motivation and how do you help people be a leader? Um, well, firstly, I'd like to say that we don't get out of bed for our personality. We get out of bed because we're motivated to do so. That's the, that's the important thing to remember. Um, the, um, so basically, you're talking about leadership here and, and the, the nuances. Is that what, what you want? You... Yeah, well, you see, so you, as you say, you help people who are reluctant leaders. Yeah. become better leaders. Now I'm imagining, yeah. Gary spoke about getting your skill and your activity, you're helping people get those skills as a leader. 
yeah. I feel I having done gone through your process that actually it's more about the insight into the people you're working with as much as the insight into you. Yeah, well, they're reluctant leader, there's two types of reluctant leader. Firstly, there's the, those that don't want to be in charge. And I know leadership isn't just about being in charge, but those people that don't want to be in a position of authority and influence over others. And that could be a key thing that's holding you back because your motivation to do that is obviously key. You, you've got to be um, have some sort of motivation about uh, taking charge. That's ultimately um, an important part of leadership. Um, and but yes you need to understand what motivates your team ultimately you need to know what they want from you uh, there's two elements there what do they actually get motivated by uh, if you know what that is that's the start then you need to as a as uh, someone that's leading that team you've got to understand what's your part you play in that role in, in that um in that scenario and that's the other part of reluctant leadership is understanding the, the skills you need to lead a team and I, I teach three principles, which is not something I dreamt up. It's, it's 20 years of uh, a program that ha was um, created by an occupational um, psychologist and, and a leadership expert. And basically, they, we talk about the, the mindset, firstly. So you have to be in the right mindset. And the mindset we talk about is high challenge, high support. So if you've got a team, you have got to be in that mindset as much as possible even all the time because that's where you get the best from people and the, the and the reason if we put it into a um it's like a domestic scenario if you are as a parent if you're overly supportive you don't allow your children to grow because mm. you're just modeling all the time if you're too challenging you just cause them stress all the time and you don't you don't look for the good in them so we need to as parents we need to have that and we as a leader as a leader, we need to have a high challenge, high support mindset. Once you have that, that is the core which everything comes from. From there, we talk about the four-step process, which always starts with the vision, and then the skills at each point in that process. So understanding those three key elements of mindset, process, and skills, and breaking it down makes leadership far more um, uh, understandable as far as I'm concerned, and I wish I knew um, you know, 10 years ago when I was leading my team, those principles which I could have used and, and made uh, really effective. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you said that. So I was, I was about to say, like, and ask you a difficult question, how much of this do you wish you'd known when you were leading your team and you said you, you wished you had? Gary, you, yeah. you, lead a you lead a team of people over in Hong Kong. As you say, you don't really work in the business anymore. It sort of takes yeah. along without you. They're probably glad you're back over here, if, if they're honest. Um, <laughs> have you had You've been talking to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how, how have you found that as a leader of people? So, so the other side of that, obviously Mark's talking about how he helps people. How have you found leading people? Just sort of two minutes on that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the, 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 the key thing um, for, you know, for us is, is, is always being, um, the diff, you know, being able to distinguish uh, the difference, uh, our, our perception of the difference between leadership and uh, management. And also uh, making sure that you know, as 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 a leader, uh, everyone that's around you and everyone that's working with them absolutely have clarity on what they're accountable for. Mm. So one of the things that, um, and and I I'm with Mark actually. You know, many many times in with, with Action Coach, I I'm just like, wow, I wish I knew that 20 years ago or 15 years ago. You know, stuff that I'm coaching people, you know, now. 
But one of the things is you can only have one person accountable for a, a, you know, a job or an output. Uh, and so from a leadership point of view, when, once I understood that, um, leadership and even management became so much easier. Because basically, if you have two or three people accountable for something, then no one's accountable. Two or three people can be responsible. But ultimately, you have to have one person accountable for their project or their rocks or what they're doing. So for me, the biggest thing for leadership management is number one, always lead from the front, but be stood behind. You know, I, I think the leader is always the one at the back, but he's actually leading, still leading from the front. And, and management, strong leadership is important. And it's important that people know that you're about human relations uh, and about results. You have to be results driven as well. But it's about making sure that every single person that I work with will be absolutely clear about what they are accountable for, the five top KPIs, be it. Not where they can go, blame his fault. That didn't happen. And once you get that, I think you diminish your ability as a leader. Yeah, I think, um, Phil, on the last podcast, I know that Mark's had a chance to watch it. He said about he doesn't believe that enough people look at themselves in the mirror mm. and that too, far too many people have got lots of excuses when actually a lot of it's just staring back and going what am i not good at what do we need to do what's the business is needed and i think you're both echoing that again it's um it's a common thing and, and i would say that i would i'd imagine that all three of us in this call now we've probably not done that from time to time mm. we've let things go we blamed other people and we've not looked in the mirror so that is quite a common thing Gary, do you want to just close off before I throw back to Mark and we'll move I was, on? I was just going to say, uh, you know, Ben, one of the things that, that changed for me in leadership and management is when I had, say, a member of the team or, you know, even a client, you could say, but somebody who was not performing or it wasn't happening as I would want, I would always think it's that person. Okay, that, that person's the problem. And then I think, okay, so if that person would leave, I think, well, maybe it's the role. Maybe I haven't defined the role properly or put the KPIs on it. And, and then I would think, mm, the role seems okay. Maybe I need to look at my system. You know, we all know that when the people of the system, it's hard work for everyone. But then I look at the system. And then finally, after maybe going through three or four, you know, um, people in that same job, I would sit and think, oh, what's my part in it? Whereas actually what I learned was a great leader and a manager start there. Mm. Exactly what you said. You know, what's my part? You know, I've got an employee or I've got a team member that's really not performing well and they don't react to my leadership. What's my part in it? And then what's wrong with the system? What, what have I, how have I not defined the role? The system might be my recruitment system. Why have I not defined the role correctly? And then, and then finally, it's the team member. If finally, it's the team member that I need to say, maybe this person wasn't the right person in the right seat. So I go backwards now. I do exactly what you say. I say, what's my part in this first? Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's, that's definitely the right way to Because if we work that way, we'll probably find the answer quicker. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, mm. I want you to very quickly, we're going to move on in a second to the, the, the how the how and the pivot piece and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Give us a couple of seconds on working with family members. You had a family business and you must speak to other people who work with family members. Working with husband, wife, brother, sister, son, daughter, cousin. You have trust and you have a family and that's great, but it comes with other issues as well. So do you want to give us a little bit of advice on that? I will. I'm just going to mention you mentioned mirror, and that's the, the the first module in my leadership course is the mirror, and that's putting that up and understanding that. So it's it's vital. 
Um, and yeah, it's interesting. Um, obviously, I had 30 years of um, working with my father, with my brothers, with my daughters and nephews. And, and that's the reason why um, I'm so interested in, you know, this um, behavioral thing, understanding firstly how people want to do things um, in respect of behavioral styles, but also what is it that's important to them? What's driving them? And there's nothing more important, especially when um, you're going through the process in a family business of transferring from one generation to the next, is understanding what's motivating each level in the generational um, sort of breakdown. Because there will be different motivations for the person that's passing over that business to the next generation and the next generation. And you, if you understand what's going on, it will make the process easier. Mm. You can appoint people better in that, you know, you might have someone a bit like me. I, I mean, I took charge of the business. I don't ever want to be in charge, but I, I ended up being in charge. So if I knew then what was, what was important to me, what was driving me, I wouldn't have taken that role because knowing it wasn't right for me. Uh, it'd be much better for my, my, my brother to take that role and I would be become more of the creative um, sort of director or that sort of role. Um, so it's really important in the family business to understand what's driving each generation because it will be different. Brilliant. Look, again, I think what we're, what we're touching on is things that people will know in their mind mm. and hopefully we're stimulating a few thoughts, we're stimulating um, a bit of introspection uh, I was talking to Phil last night and I said that actually, he said, well, hopefully we'll get a few people to, more people to watch the podcast and he's going to promote it through his newsletter as well. And that's the thing I said, I said, look, all I want is two people to have watched that podcast I did with Phil. Watch what I'm doing with you two now. Just two people and go, can I make a difference to my business based on what I've learned today? And that's it. So a bit of introspection in the first half from you two has been amazing. Now, we're going to move on to the how um, and the pivot piece. So if we just touch on the C word, Gary, so we'll touch on the how in a broader scape later. You mean chocolate? Sadly, no. Right. I mean, I, I, nor cuddles. I, I, I'm, I'm talking about COVID. All right. um, you've got a lot of business. How many business owners do you work with? Um, just over, not, not, not me, uh, with, with, with in Bristol, just over 70, um, globally, hundreds of thousands, but yeah, in yeah. Bristol, just over 70 businesses. Um, but I guess really with, with Growth Club, there's probably about 100. Okay, so 100 businesses you work with mm. who on the 1st of February, life was good. On the 1st of March, they crapped themselves, let's be brutal. Um, and I know having spoken to you, a large part of you said is that people just need to pivot and understand the pivot. So do you want to give us a little bit about just a minute or two on the pivot into lockdown and now what you're talking about the pivot out of lockdown um, okay so so yeah so, so so basically the pivot into lockdown for a lot of people there was some you know some shock denial um anger with some people uh collusion you know oh we're all always all you know we're, we're, it's all over we're we're, we're we're finished we don't you know we can't survive um i think this is prior you know prior to some of the concessions that have come out for the government um, the most important thing for us, there were several things that were most important, but one of the pivotal things we had to get people to, to, you know, to, to understand is that they had to show conviction. They had to have strength. Conviction and strength will get you through a lot. Uh, from the other perspective, uh, we wanted to, you know, to, to, to say to, the, to all those businesses, don't, don't panic plan. So we, 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 we tore up, 
the plans that the businesses had done so far for 2020. Mm. And we said, now let's plan. You know, so we, 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 we had a 90 day plan to, to, to make sure we get people and they pivoted quick enough to get through it. And, and within that, um, Ben, there was a myriad of, of, of things that we, 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 we sort of worked on and we changed uh, from a business point of view, things like cash flow, where applicable cutting costs, where applicable increasing costs. You know, most of the people we coach don't actually have more than 1% of their market. So even it may be even quiet, but there's, they just have to run faster to get the same percentage of the market or even more if other people aren't doing the same. So it was about, you know, how do you cut costs? Uh, where should you be expending costs? Um, what, you know, what debts can you call in? Where can you do deals with uh, suppliers, payment terms, all, all those all those practical sort of, you know, financial uh, things. And then there was the client perspective. And one of my key drivers was don't be that relative that rings you up when they want, when, when you see that, when you see the phone go, don't be that relative whenever they ring you up and you think, oh, they want money or what do they want. So in other words, don't be that business that only actually rings people up when when they um when they want you know uh, uh uh some money or they want to they want they want to see uh you know whether they can get something from you be that business that actually contacts people now yeah. don't be that business that rings people when everything's okay and we're out of covid and yeah. they're like okay where was where was where were they so so we 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 got on a practical level the biggest pivot was get hold of your clients speak to your clients keep engaged with your clients give them some confidence get them through communicate with the team don't be that person that rings after covid and say hey everything's okay now i'm back so that, that was a massive massive communication was massive for us so communication's huge having the plan in place and that's great work and the 90 day plan is huge but you've now got another piece that we're now coming out of lockdown yeah and i feel we're going to come out pretty quickly are you I'm not going to get into politics, but how we can still only meet in a group of six, but a Premier League team can play together in 22 people, I don't understand. But I would hasten to think that with the government allowing the Premier League to return, you've got 22 blokes running around spitting and tackling each other. They're probably going to allow us to be back at work maybe by the start of July. So that we're now pivoting out of that. So what, what, what are you saying to people now? Okay, well, the first thing I'm saying on that, that, that front, which is a good point about the football, is only you've, got to, you've got to be absolute laser-like focus right now. And that laser-like focus has to be on two things. Number one, the things that you can control. Yeah. And number two, the important things. Okay, and if we're not laser-like focusing, so what I can't control, I can't control COVID, I can't control the government, I can't control any of that, so forget that. Mm. But I can control the things in my business. I can control my actions, my reactions in my mindset. So that's, that focus is what's in, now, now we have to decide what's important. And there are some really key fundamental things that are important. Number one, we need to re-educate and prepare. Right. So, so we, we, you know, we, we, we've got to go through the whole buy-in process again. The new normal is, is, is gone. You know, um, so we've got to actually re-educate and prepare ourselves. And uh, you know, we've got to be flexible. It's a bit like the first day you start a business. There is no old normal. This is the new normal. We, and there's more new normal coming rebuild your team you know that 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 means everyone's new again whoever's around you you've got to give them confidence you've got to maybe look at flexible hours virtual ability look at the community how are you how are you communicating and rebuilding the team uh, in in the community uh look at deals they yeah, not necessarily discounting but what deals are there for clients so is, is, is what deals do are people going to or businesses need to put deals together for existing clients it's got to be a month long 
deal. People will, some people will come out of this quick, some become people slow. Don't make two minute deals or three day deals. And who are the top 20% of, of your customers? You know, top 20% of customers are, um, you know, from a business point of view, it might be who's spending the most with you. It might be who's loyal to you, who's giving you referrals. It, it, it's just, you've got to be it's focused. Not, it's not always money. It's not always exactly, money. Exactly. So, yeah. so it could be who, who is, who, who are those top 20% of the customers that, that you feel are given the 80%, you know, uh, um, sort of, you know, uh, communication or that, eight, that you know, 80% uh, interactive, interactive from the point of view that they're supporting, they're behind your business. Uh, and announce your opening, make a big thing of it, build up excitement, mm -hmm. announce every single step, uh, you know, announce every team member you've got, remind people you've got, you said you've got a team then, let's see them. Let's, you know, we are, we do see them, mm -hmm. but, but announce every deal, announce the dates, whatever it's going to happen, get it on social media, email people, just tell people we're back. We're defining, we're coming back. You know, they, we can't wait to see everybody. But before um, we move on more to the how, because I know how you're going, you're going more into how and how, and that's what I want. I just mm -hmm. want to throw very quickly to Mark and say, your clients, how have they dealt with this, um, with the coronavirus, with the worry around it? Are they shaping up to come out of it well? Have, What's your story? I'm quite impressed, actually. Yeah, um, the ones that are making the, the right moves. Yes, uh, I mean, there's, there's some of, of, of actually you know, fallen by the wayside, unfortunately, because they were dependent on a market which is not likely to bounce back for a long time, which is the uh, tourist industry. But um, it, it, it does vary. But it's, it's like Gary says, you've got to keep this key things you need to focus on. Cash flow is obviously really important. That's the one thing that most businesses if they take their eye off the ball with, with regards to that uh, and it's making sure that there's money coming in so you can pay your bills and, and being flexible in that. And, and, and the thing is, we're not in a situation that's normal, are we? We've got to realize that we've got to do things differently because they're, they're, this has never really happened to us uh, in our lifetime. So we've got to think outside the box and, and not assume things. We have to do things like we used to do before COVID. We, we can pick up the phone to people that maybe we wouldn't have before, those sort of things. It's about changing our, those habits that we've maybe got into that uh, aren't serving us and changing them to allow our business to, you know, to, to, to um, survive and then ultimately to come out of this with, um, you know, with a, a new vision of some sort of what that, that, that's actually going to be. Powerful. It, it is about that, that new vision. And I think that coronavirus will obviously have huge ramifications of businesses. Here's like saying, some of the figures coming out, we're probably gonna get near enough 4 million unemployed or 4 million seeking benefits by the best, by the middle of October. Mm -hmm. um, as businesses have to let people go or, or whatever else happens. There are gonna be small businesses that collapse, small businesses that fold, that they think they say it's gonna be one in eight. I don't know how they get that number and I don't quite know what metric they're using for small business. Every, every time I hear it, the metric changes. But Gary, let's assume we're getting through everything. It's fine. Talk to me a little bit about that how. Give me sort of three areas of focus on how. Because for those of you that have never met Gary and Mark, um, Gary's, Mark has complementary skills, but Gary's how, he takes, excuse me, he takes no shit off anybody. And he makes you accountable to what you're doing. So, Gary, tell me a little about maybe three things and how you hold people accountable, just to get people looking at themselves and saying, are they doing the right thing? Yeah. So, well, I think the first thing, um, Ben, is rerun is re your numbers. 
Yeah, you know, the language of business is logic. It, it, you know, I think, it, frankly, it's really bad if people feel a bit down. But the business doesn't even know what that language is. I can say to my business, I'm, I'm really, really, you don't fuck it, it's terrible. And the business goes, what language is that? Because this is the numbers. This is the decision you need to make now. What the business is saying is every decision you make right now either needs to make money or cost money. Choose. Make money or cost money. You know, and 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 you need to, you know, be, people need to look in, a, you know, p p uh, really uh, propose and, and, and what their new break even is going to be, what their profit break even is going to be. And if they've got government money, we want them to use it wisely. That's not happening. I've no. a lot of businesses aren't but using it wisely and they've got to pay it back. It is with our clients because there's a there's a golden mantra with our clients. You use that money wisely. You you have to turn that money into your bank account, which is reasonably cheap money, two and a half percent if it's a buyback loan. A bank's back loan, not a buyback loan, a bank's back loan. Two and a half percent every two years, one point two five percent. You've got to use that money wisely so you turn it into more future money. That's what leverage is about. And, and how are you going to leverage? So, you know, I said to somebody on a coaching call this week, if I gave you a thousand pounds to invest in your business tomorrow, would you know where to invest it? Oh yeah, Gary, I do this, I do that. Okay, what's the return on investment? Oh, I don't know. Well, then you're not going to spend it. Come on, sort the money out. You know, know your money. The second one is in sales. If you're in business, you're in sales. And, 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 and the point is, even though many businesses will go bust, one in eight, that still leaves seven. Yeah. And it means that what it does is gives you a bigger market share to go for. Most people with what they do still need to do what they do. They may have had to pivot, but ultimately it's a fallacy to say that we cannot, we cannot survive um, in, you know, the new normal because we may have to really, you know, educate and move ourselves up and increase our bud marketing budget. We may have to change products. Uh, but the point is, you've got, you know, we've got to, to, to take as many steps as we can to increase our marketing and to test and measure it even more. People that shrink will, oh yeah, shrink. People that do their marketing and believe that 50% 50, 50 of my marketing works, I just don't know what 50% is. What rubbish is that? What mm. nonsense is that? We test and measure it. Video testimonials, for example, chat boxes, video boxes, everyone's on Zoom. There is no excuse to not be absolutely rethinking in, you know, rethinking marketing and sales. Become great at sales. People believe that sales is a divine right, you know. Uh, I've, but, got, I've got Angela um, coming on in a couple of, week, couple of weeks' time. Angela? Uh, um, Entrepreneur's Godmother. Okay. Al okay. Alison, Alison Edgar, sorry, Alison. Alison, okay. And she's got the great phrase, Alison always says, if you're not selling, you don't have a business. No, exactly. You can't, you can't just say, I don't do sales. Alison's got this mantra and it's completely, completely correct. It's so many people that I come across say, oh, I don't do sales. Well, well, how, how's your product or service leaving you? Yeah, no, absolutely, Ben. I think, you know, if you're in business, you're in sales. Uh, the challenge is, is that most people are, uh, they're, they're having a bit of a internal dichotomy about that because they're saying, oh, I'm not a salesperson, I'm a professional. Yeah, but hold on everybody has to sell if you don't sell you don't get turnover if you don't get turnover you can't pay your wages or the bills you make no profit right the biggest one and this is the third one which is important three things are going to happen 
people are either not going to take this and they're not going to learn and they're not they're not going to you know to educate and change and get out there and realizing they have to do the first two which is you know get the money right and do the marketing sales in which case sadly they're going to run out of money they're going to run out of cash and we i call it the, the hammer in the dance you know the hammer we've had the hammer which is the lockdown some big big businesses may have gone but the hammer a lot of businesses have not gone yet now we've got the dance and the dance is the result of this is a recession we, we you know we've had recessions we none of us on this call are young enough to have never been through at least one recession so the dance has started now three things happen in the dance number one people will eventually run out of cash uh, because they will expect the new the old normal to come back the second one is their answer will be you know banjo bang another job out so they will, they will, they will just about, you know, they'll just about survive, but it'd be tough trading. They'll just about, they'll, they'll, they'll think, I know I'll earn a living here and cost myself a fortune. So it'll be what, you know, just get out there and work and work and work and work and forget the business development. The ones that will survive and absolutely thrive are people that obviously still do the business, do the sales, do the marketing, but that they work on 90 day plans that allow them to still work on their business, to build it and to grow. Why? Because a lot of their competitors won't do it and they'll be gone out of business. They should be thriving with the right mindset and their business should fly. It's a choice. It's a choice that people make. Knowledge, people won't go, people never go bust because of a lack of cash, Ben. They mm. always go bust because of a lack of knowledge. The end, result, the end result is they run out of money. Yeah. I think there is going to be a lot of people heads in the sands thinking they won't run out of money and hoping that like motivation that some money will come through the door and that might happen for a few but it, it won't happen for many um oh, gents i'm very very clear that i've i've taken up all the time we've proposed um i could have you two speak for another hour um thank you so much for your time today so ladies and gentlemen if you're watching this now and your interest is being peaked, your self-development is feeling it needs to be more developed. If you need anything on leadership or motivation, Mark's giving you great cause to look him up and contact him. If you want your ass kicked into shape and your business to be moved forward, Gary's your man as well down there and he'll be able to help you. So two great people today. Thank you both for being guests on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the King Cash and King Herrick. We are your wills, trusts and power of attorney specialist. I never talk about business enough, Gary. If you notice, I never, I never bother talking about it. Very it good. Feels, a, feels a little bit weird, but talk. there we are. <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much and take care. Bye-bye.